Please be seated. Well, there seems to be a lot going on in our world. I hope you've been watching the Olympics. Anyone been watching the Olympics? How about curling? You've been watching curling? Awesome. Okay, put your hand up if you know how to score in curling. I got. I have a confession. Uh, I, yesterday, I didn't know. My son asked. We were watching. My son said, "How do they score?" And I said, "You know, I don't actually know." I thought it was something much different than it is. So uh, they've got all this different language. So they've got those circles at the end of the house, and then in the middle is called, do you know what it's called? The, the, who said that? The button. So that only one team can score, and you score by, at the end of eight rocks each, the one closest to the, cent, to the button uh, scores, either one stone or two stones, however many stones you have closest to the center. I didn't know that. You know, curling is one of those Olympic sports, or one of those sports that if you're, you know, flipping through the channels and you see curling, you think, who would ever watch that? You know, it's like completely boring. But once you start watching, it's like addictive. It's, it's, uh, you know, it's just you can't stop. And it, I think it's sort of like religion, you know. I think when people drive down the road and they see us coming into church, they think, man, that's so boring. Who would do that on a nice Sunday morning? But once you start doing it, you realize... It's a good thing, and you want more of it. So I think the uh, curling is kind of like religion. So last week we had our visit of the bishop, and we confirmed 25 of our uh, young people, freshmen in high school, and we had another 26 stepping up to the plate. They're eighth graders uh, embarking on the second year, and uh, so just very excited about the confirmation uh, and their learning that they did. I'm going to bring that in a little later. We also had then this past Wednesday, of course, Ash Wednesday, that had to share the spotlight with Valentine's Day, and apparently the Diocese of Chicago, the bishop actually issued a pastoral letter reminding the people that Ash Wednesday takes precedence over Valentine's Day. I think there were a lot of people who weren't here on Valentine's Day service because they were out having supper with their sweetie, which was really lovely. And it was a challenge. How do you put those two themes together, seemingly so disparate? Well, if you weren't here for uh, Ash Wednesday, and I know it's hard, not everyone gets out to Ash Wednesday, it's a beautiful service. It really launches Lent, but for many of us, this is our first service during Lent, so I thought it would be good just to review what we do. So uh, Father Bates invited the church in these words... I invite you, therefore, in the name of the Church, to the observance of a holy Lent, by self-examination and repentance, by prayer, fasting, and self-denial, and by reading and meditating on God's holy word, and to make a right beginning of repentance, and as a mark of our mortal nature, let us now kneel before the Lord, our Maker and Redeemer. And then we come, of course, and get the words as they did the cross on your forehead, remember your dust and to dust you shall return. It's one of the most moving pastoral actions that a priest does when his beloved people come, or in the school when the young children come and you put a cross on their forehead and say to them, remember you are dust, and to dust you shall return. We don't do it in primary school because it's it's so solemn and it's actually a little scary for them. One of our primary school kids asked us, when he thought he was getting the ashes on his forehead, asked his mom, does it burn? And I thought, oh, what a natural question. You know, ashes, burning. And uh, so there's that kind of misunderstanding. I think obviously when the, the sign of ashes in the scriptures, 
are a sign of humbling ourselves, an act of contrition, acknowledging that we haven't done everything we should have and we've done some things we shouldn't have done. It's an act of acknowledgement and humbling. It's also an act of recognizing our mortal nature, that God has given us the gift of this day and this life, but we can't be so arrogant as to presume upon it. We might not have tomorrow. So let's take advantage of today to show love and grace to those around us. I think, too, when you get the ashes on your forehead, it's a reminder that God made you and your body is good. This is a good world. The body, the physical world, is not in opposition to the spiritual world, but it's meant to be an expression at one, at peace. The spirit and the body uh, cooperating together to fulfill God's plan. And sometimes it's presented as the body leads us astray. I think when we get the cross on, on our forehead, it's acknowledgement, too, that not only are our bodies good, but that our choices make a difference, have significance. We can choose for the good and align ourselves with God's mission, or we can choose not to, choose the, what's wrong. And that also has consequences in our world. And so the, the Ash Wednesday service, I think, is a very profound reminder to us to live out our faith. Now, one of the things in, uh, with the Confirmation, we look at the Catechism, of course. It's probably been a while since you've read the Catechism in the prayer book. But we do use it in our Confirmation service. But in the Canadian Catechism, at, in the Canadian prayer book, at the end of the Catechism, they have what's called a rule of life. Now, a reminder that much of what we do liturgically comes from the uh, orders of, and the rule of the monastic order. So I'm asking the ushers uh, to hand out a copy of the rule of life. This has got six points to it, and I think it's one of the most concise and helpful summaries of what it means to follow Jesus as a disciple. What should we do? What areas of our life are involved? And so I'll just wait till the ushers get that out. The first three, we'll read it together in a minute, the first three relate to our personal devotion, what we do as an individual follower of Jesus. And the second three talk about how we interact with others, what we're called to do. Just like the Lord's Prayer. The first three items of the Lord's Prayer are about how we relate to God. The second three are about how we relate to others in this world. Like the Ten Commandments, the first five are about how we relate to God. And the second five are about how we treat one another. And the relationship between the two of them and how we mustn't stop with the first half, but keep going to the second half. So I'm going to talk about the first half today, and next week I'm going to talk about the second half. Okay. Uh, ushers, if you could bring some for the uh, be- people behind. John, if you, if you have got extras, if you can give them to the choir. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and read it. You can follow along. Every Christian man.